John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica. And this is the High Gain Podcast. The High Gain International Podcast, you mean. Oh, that's great. We've got a guest. We do. That's fantastic. What do we talk about, John? We talk about guitars and beverages and footwear and weather. Yes, great. Where are we recording from? I myself am in a bunker in West Seattle, Washington. I am also. How many of these have we done remotely now, John? Two months at least? I feel like with this pandemic, I have not seen you in a year and a half. (laughs) It's been a while. (laughs) Who else do we have with us today, John? Oh, well, you know, we've got a guitar here, Ed. I'll just give you a little hint. Okay. (laughs) We have this guitar's maker here. We have Nikolai from Shore Guitars in Berlin, Germany. Hi, Nikolai. Hello. Hey. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Just sitting here and enjoying the evening. Perfect. Isn't that crazy, Ed? It's a different time there. Probably still the same day, though, right? Yeah, it's just nine hours ahead, but um, I'm technically in your future, so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. We're talking to the future. Think about that. I'm having a hard time thinking about it. Can you believe it? You said footwear, John. I did. I'm actually wearing Birkenstocks. Ooh. Oh, my God. They say made in Germany on them. Wouldn't you know it? I have a pair like a meter away from me. (sighs) (laughs) I've got the clog kind of ones. Clogs? Yeah. I am wearing a very similar thing. Yeah? Not Birkenstock? Merrill. They're German? I've never heard of that. (laughs) (laughs) For today, they're German. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Ed? Yeah? Do you know any German? Mm, putting me on the spot, there's like Doomkopf, right? Yeah, I, I can kind of understand that. <laughs> there you go. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> beer is kind of beer, right? Yeah, same thing. It's just spelled with I-E right. instead of double E. The right way, probably. 
Oh, absolutely. I suppose the more original way, because on the beers in Germany, it always says like it was brewed under da 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 from like 1500 or whatever. The purity law, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I drink a uh, non-alcoholic beer from Germany, Klausthaler. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, it says that on it. That used to be like the original non-alcoholic beer, the like the first brand that actually had it. I love it. Doesn't somebody wanna be wanted like me? I have no idea what that song was, John. You want me to do it again and you can pick it up? No. (laughs) Not even a little bit. (laughs) Do it again, half time. (laughs) Half time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. You encouraged him. What are you doing, Nikolai? Fucking up the system. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) Doesn't somebody want to be wanted like me? Do you recognize it? No. But that was actually the better performance. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what was that? I'm on a jag, Ed. So that was, again, the Partridge family. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I went down the Partridge hole, oh, you know. Man. Sometimes I feel bad when I don't know what song you're playing. And these last couple, I don't feel so bad. I don't Why not? Know. Look, I'm, I don't know. Nikolai, are you a big fan? Um, no. <laughs> Correct answer. I don't exactly know what kind of band that is, but is it like a, like a 70s kind of folk thing? It was a 70s TV show. Ah, right. Yeah. It was a family that drove around in a bus playing shows and writing songs. Yeah, I've actually never seen that. You're missing out. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. Yeah. What are you drinking, John? Oh, what am I drinking? I've got another Orca beverage, Ed. (sighs) I got to see what's going on. I keep wondering every day, is this the day the beverages show up on Ed's front step? One of our viewers sent a mail to a soda company and said, hey, you need to send these guys some cola. (laughs) And then we got a mail out of the blue from Orca Beverages saying, hey, we're sending you some sodas. And that was like a month or so ago. And nothing has happened yet? No. Uh, What do you got, John? I've got the Americana Cherry Cola. Oh, good one. I don't see a slogan. Drink this shit. (laughs) Drink this shisa. Oh, great. Two German words now. You guys are doing incredibly well. (laughs) Yeah, great. Yeah. I went to school in the States for a year when I was younger, like 16, 15, 16. And uh, when I went to school the first day, people were approaching me kind of with those kind of words, you know, that they knew in German. So thanks for the throwback. A <laughs> couple of 15-year-olds in a basement. Yeah. I was also asked a lot, like, if Germany is close to Amsterdam and um, if we have working fridges. Working fridges? Yeah, like if we have refrigerators. Weird. Where did you go to school? Um, it was in uh, Concord, in the Bay Area, close to Oakland, San Francisco, kind of. West Coast, that's perfect. The weather was really, really nice. Yeah. What are you drinking over there in Germany? 
I'm actually having a beer. It's called Berliner. It's a local kind of what I suppose the construction workers would drink. Cool. Keeping it real. That's fine for me. You're a man of the people. That's what we like about you. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Our friend, Dr. Frank. Oh, yes. His friend, the craft tea guy, sent some tea to us. And so I've got graffiti tea. Ah. Yeah. It's made with passion flower, chamomile flowers, lemon balm leaf, orange peel, rose petals. Wow. It's good for relaxation, art projects, and sleep. Oh. <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah. <laughs> Every tea comes with an album recommendation, a vinyl pairing. So drink the tea and have some vinyl. Does it make a recommendation? Malutu of Ethiopia from 1972. Oh, that's probably interesting. Do you get the vinyl with the tea? I don't know if that's a thing that he does. Because that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, it would be an incredibly expensive tea. <laughs> exactly. Especially considering this album is from 1972. Ed? Yeah. What are you drinking? What? That tea. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you doing, John? Wow. You better play like a really mysterious chord really quickly now. Yeah. <laughs> we were in a time warp or something. Woo! Since we are speaking with Nikolai Shore of Shore Guitars, would it surprise anyone that this is a Shore guitar? What? You have one of my guitars? We have the owl, the owl. Yes, you do. Is it really called the owl twice? Yes, the solid body is called the owl. So when I came up with the name for the semi-acoustic one, I got really creative. <laughs> yeah, you did. And it is semi-acoustic, Ed. Listen to this. Oh, yeah, totally. Let's say you gutted a guitar. Okay. And put all the guts on the outside. I get it. So you would see the pots, you would see the wiring, you would see everything. Is that why you did it, Nikolai? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a really interesting way of describing it. I've never thought of it that way. It really started with when I designed the owl solid body. I kind of wanted, for several reasons, to not disturb the body of the guitar. I wanted to keep it as whole as I could. I work with hand tools only, so I didn't want to have to do any routing. And also because it just felt right. It was more like a gut decision. And then I thought about, well, I need to have electronics, so where do I put them? What do I do with them? And then I just started literally building up the idea. And uh, I think that's how it happened, basically. No power tools? I have a bandsaw for cutting like rough stuff, and I have a drill press, but everything else I do completely by hand. Like all the planing and the shaping, it's all knives and rasps and stuff like that. That's crazy. Yeah, it, it kind of is, yeah. It <laughs> takes quite a long time. Are you at like 30, 40 guitars you've built at this point? Around 30, yeah. That's amazing. I'm going to clean up my tone to illustrate this. Okay. It's got a rail that runs the length of the body, and then the pickup is attached to that rail. So if you loosen a wheel, you can slide the pickup to wherever you want it. I've got it in the middle right now. If I were to slide it right up against the bridge. Yep. All the way up against the neck. Bridge. Neck. That's so great. It's really wonderful. How does the two pickup version work? You just have like a normal selector switch, but then you can still slide them, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I have different options. So you can also get my guitars with a fixed uh, pickup, which is screwed into the top. So like right now, I, I just finished up uh, a left hand, uh, the owl, the owl, and that one has a fixed neck pickup and then a sliding bridge pickup. And together they are a humbucker. So you can get like a neck humbucker or you can have like everything in between until you have like neck and bridge pickup. The pickups? You don't make those, do you? Oh, yeah, I do. I, I make them as well. Wow. I make the case from brass tube that I bend. Then I, yeah, I wind the pickups also and put them in there. And yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it is quite involved. Where the neck attaches, instead of it being bolted on or there being a pocket that the neck fits into, it looks like there is a very complex kind of attachment system. What's that about? That's my regular neck joint that I have been using for a while. Um, it's very inspired by the so-called How Orm neck joint, which is a Chicago acoustic guitar and mandolin company from like 1900. And they did this thing where um, in order to allow for like a fixed bridge height, they would change the string height by changing the neck angle. So you wouldn't disturb the transfer of the string vibration on the top you know, so I thought that was really interesting. And also it looked cool that, you know, where you have the most like structural part of the guitar, you can actually see through it. I thought that was aesthetically really interesting. So there's like one big neck screw. I see that. That goes into a nut and by loosening off a screw on the back and then turning the large neck screw, you actually change the action of the guitar. And if you're used to it, like if you have a guitar of mine and you've done it a couple of times, you can actually change the action relatively precisely in like five seconds. Whoa. That's pretty great. Yeah. You can have your little slide guitar or your medley super low action. That's <laughs> great. Looking at these... Mm -hmm. immediately I got kind of big millimetric vibes. Uh-huh, interesting, yeah. I think it's the symmetry in the owl uh -huh. that kind of jumped out at me. And I think it's also the palette you use. Mm -hmm. I'm really into like mid-century modern stuff. And it's a guitar you could have on the wall that looks like art. And then come to find out you're buddies with Florian. Yeah, yeah, we've been friends for a long time, and um, I think we influenced each other quite a lot. Like three years ago, around that time, we were really like showing each other ideas and stuff very, very intensely. And uh, we traded a guitar at the um, Holy Grail Guitar Show in 2018, I think. Yeah, there's definitely influence from, from his stuff and vice versa, I think, a little bit too. There's something to like Florian and the Shore and a few guitar manufacturers where it's more heavy on the design and the art than the actual utility of it being a guitar. You went to art school, right, Nikolai? Yeah, yeah. I studied art for like uh, six years. Then I did a bunch of music and then I kind of started messing with stuff on the guitar building end. You hear that, Ed? Art school. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I get it, John. We're laughing because I studied art also. Yeah, it's all the good people out here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the color on here, this gray, kind of seems like a matte finish. That's actually chalk paint. I put oil on top of chalk paint. So it's a, like a very unusual, but a very, very eco-friendly finish. And the neck, that's not the typical rosewood. What is that? I don't use any exotic woods. I use a lot of bog oak for fretboards and uh, plum. Sometimes I use apple. And on this one, it's a bog oak fretboard. That's oak that's been submerged in swamps and stuff for like thousands of years. 
so it turns black and it becomes even harder than normal oak. It's literally like claimed out of bogs from like forever ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wood is usually like, I don't know, like 1,800 to like 4,000 years old. Wow. It looks really good, I think, and it's got really nice stiffness and it rings well. So I use it for fretboards a lot. And the other neck wood on this guitar is apple that I stained. Right now, you've got the owl and the owl, the owl. And the Neptune, you're not building that one anymore, or? Yeah, I mean, I would build it, but nobody's ordering it. It's a little bit more traditional. It's like a single cut guitar with a set neck. Like, for me personally, there's not so much incentive to build that because I think my strength is really in the more experimental, more forward thinking stuff. I haven't built a Neptune in like two and a half years, I think. I dig it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yeah, I think it's a really, really good guitar. Have you thought about other shapes? Yeah, I'm actually developing a new model at the moment, which is almost finished. I've shared like a few pictures on, on Instagram, but not that much. Oh, I have a prototype here. It's like a big jazz guitar, but with my twist on it, I would say. It's an offset jazz guitar. Wow. Offset jazz guitar. Oh. The Owl, I haven't built that many of them. And it's definitely a strong design and it's a really good sounding guitar. The bridge is solid brass that you hand carved, right? I did, yes. And that goes into a block under the top, Ed. And the reason I know that is because this semi-hollow guitar is open on the sides. You can hold this thing up and look clear through it to the other side. Yep. It's so crazy. It rings really true. The design leads you to think in one way. It's so industrial looking on some level, but then you pick it up and... It's full, it's round, it's even across the entire fretboard. This is incredible. Thanks, man. Let's slide that pickup down to the bridge. I really like that about the um, the bridge position that you can get with the sliding pickup is that it's such an extreme position that you can get on no other guitar, really. It's just about touching the bridge, Ed. Yeah. Were you going for the police there, John? I was. Don't go for the police. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that the people that pick up your guitars have a certain style that they gravitate towards or? Good question. Hey, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this one guy, Tom Ford, who has um, a guitar of mine. Uh, he's in Birmingham, England, and he does production and also plays guitar with a lot of like hip hop and soul stuff. Oh, wow. That kind of like goes into jazz, you know, and um, yeah. he uses his The Owl, The Owl a lot for recording in that context. Hip hop. Love it. <laughs> That's great. Personally, I come from more of a like, singer-songwriter background myself. So when I started building, my thing would be like, I have one of my guitars in like a Mark Ribot solo recording, you know, something like that. That would be like the big dream, you know? Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing with that guitar, mm -hmm. you can get a pretty wide range in tones with one pickup. You can hunt for overtones as well. I think you can really dial in specific sounds if you want to take your time and i think that's a really interesting option 
with that. I really like the option where you have a pickup permanently in the neck and then the sliding pickup. Two single coils, just slide one up next to the other one and make your own humbucker. It's also a humbucker if they're far apart. That's just because it's in the middle position of the switch. Ah, you're voicing your own pickup. Yep. Crazy. Have you been a player for your whole life or? I started playing guitar when I was like 18, pretty late. But I played a lot and I like for a few years, um, I went touring quite regularly and played my own stuff. And uh, I played like, I don't know, 30, 40 shows a year for a while. All like really underground, you know, playing to like, I don't know, five to 50 people, I would say. (laughs) If I would be really honest, it's like three to 50 people probably. Yeah. You started playing guitar when you were 18. Yeah. When did you start building? I started building like six years ago, I think. Not that long. Oh. Did you have a collection? Had you played a lot of things that kind of informed what you wanted to build? Had you deep dived into the luthier practice? Well, what I did for like 10 years, I guess, is like go to flea markets, buy cheap guitars, think I would repair them realize I couldn't repair them and I'd spend another like 30 bucks on nothing, you know? So that's how it started. I don't know, there was like a weird interest in in these instruments. And in Germany, you see a lot of like European guitars from the 50s, 60s, 70s. So a lot of Ramos, a lot of Echo, a lot of Japanese stuff as well. So those shapes and the kind of utility and simplicity of, of the designs really shaped what I'm into. There's definitely a thing John and I have talked about with design where it seems really difficult as a builder to make something different Mm -hmm. that's not scary. Because like people see something really different and they're just like, oh, no, I don't like that. Yeah, that can be a challenge. And that's where I feel like your stuff and like Florian's and, you know, there's just some things where they're evocative of known guitar shapes, but different. I get that about the shape, but when you hold one of my guitars in in your hands, I think it's actually really different from probably most guitars you've played because, you know, for example, you have like the strings are really far off the body, like on a German, like 50s arch top guitar. Yeah, yeah, totally. Before you started building, what kind of guitars were you playing? Well, the first guitar I ever had was a Yamaha double cutaway, like a kind of Les Paul. I think I played that for a while. At some point, I got like a Hoya Solist, which is like a 50s German art shop guitar, and I played that for a long time. And I also had a Framus uh, Telly from the early 70s, also Framus Les Paul. And these looked similar to like, you know, um, a Telly and a Les Paul, but they had like single coil pickups, like Framus pickups, which sound really different. You know, what's really sad is that I had to sell all that shit. Since the show started just over two years ago, I have eight electrics and only one of them I had three years ago. <laughs> like I've had almost a hundred percent turnover. That's okay though. I mean, it seems to be the way for many guitarists. I guess that there's just something about inspiration and how what you play feels in your hands and how it sounds that just uh, kind of evokes that kind of behavior in a way. I think that's definitely true. Artistically, what were you looking to achieve there a few months maybe after having developed the model um i had this feeling that the owl is really about this concept of lightness and airiness that sounds really abstract but that's how i feel you know like i wanted to look through where the neck joint is and i always wanted it to be a relatively light guitar you know and you can see through the electronics you know the bridge is very thin you know all that kind of stuff kind of supports this general idea i feel I noticed that the top and the back 
not only are they very, very thin, but they are curved. Are they being held by the blocks on the side, or did you have to bend the wood first? So the top and the back are both like five ply of maple veneer, and I glue them into a shape that I carve, so like an arch top shape, basically. How long do you think it takes for a completed model? Like once you start, you know, from day one. If I build only one, it's probably around a month. Do you oftentimes do multiple at the same time? Usually now it's two at the same time. When I did three at the same time, I used to be able to sometimes get like three out in three months. But I'm trying to take it a little bit more slow, to be honest, because I would rather do good work than be fast. So Yeah, totally. Reverb today, Ed. Yeah. Provided by our good friends at Electroharmonics. This is the new Ocean's 12 pedal. That is one better than the Ocean's 11. <laughs> yes, this is a dual reverb. There are two channels of reverb that you can deploy simultaneously. I will actually have to get a decent reverb at some point. Any recommendations? Oh my God. Ed? The Ocean's Eleven is really cool. The TC Electronic Hall of Fame 2 is like pretty good. Mm -hmm. I just got this week a Walrus Slow, S-L-O. Is that the company, Walrus? Walrus Audio, yeah. It's super ambient-y kind of what John was just playing. Okay. There's so many great pedal builders now. Yeah. Fewer, like... John and I have done fewer of these smaller guitars, but we've had like Abernathy, Florian from Millimetric, you... Ernie Bailey from... Uh, Wire? Uh, Wire Instruments, yes. Oh, I really love his headstock. Did, doesn't he have like a Nirvana connection or something? He was Kurt's guitar tech for forever. Uh. We actually did an episode with him and specifically never mentioned Nirvana. Yeah, fair enough. I, I think that's a good choice. He's got some crazy, amazing guitar stuff. Yeah, the stuff he's building is just incredible. What's the shape he does that's the crazy wing-looking thing? The sleepwalker? Sleepwalker, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was sort of saying when you're a small builder doing something that's different and scary to people yeah people are either gonna like it or not whenever somebody shares a guitar of mine in a, one of those facebook forums or whatever um, and i see it um, usually it's not good for me to see that but um, <laughs> some people think it's the greatest thing that's ever made some people think it's like ugly as fuck so does that bug you or do you actually appreciate it i think generally it's it's really good because it means that it evokes a reaction yeah at the same time I'm a person that needs a lot of um, praise. We think you're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like when somebody says something bad, it really gets me down. Yeah. So it's not actually good for me to look at that stuff. At least you're getting that reaction. Like it's not just apathy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm also really curious about the new model because that's going to test some people, I think. <laughs> I'm going to go up after this and get your guitar for a little bit. Yeah, man, do that. I think maybe you should. This thing is fantastic. Where did we get it from, John? We got this from superfan Dylan. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. Dylan. Our man Dylan. Shout out. 
Shore Guitars. What is your website? It's it's uh, shoreguitars.de. .de. All the coolest websites. DE is for Deutschland, which is Germany, which is, I don't know, I feel kind of weird about that, but I, I think the website was free or something when I chose it. So For viewers, that's S-C-H-O-R-R. They are amazing. We'll post plenty of pictures of this one. Yeah. Yeah, please do that. It's a nice guitar. I got to ask a miscellaneous question. That's all right. Is it true that Germans really like David Hasselhoff? I would have to say yes, because he had this song, Been Looking for Freedom. It's really cheesy, but I think it was like with when the Berlin Wall came down and stuff. I think uh, that was just a major hit in Germany. Wow. And then the TV show that he was in, the Knight Rider. The one with the car. Kit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was like, I watched that so much when I was a kid. Nice, nice. <laughs> well done. Oh, man. Well, now Nikolai's going to have to go uh, look up some Partridge family. Oh, don't do it. We need to thank Nikolai for taking the time all the way from Berlin in the future to come back to the past to talk to us. Yeah, sure. No problem. It was fun. Thanks for inviting me. Shoreguitars.de and also your Instagram, Shoreguitars. Yeah, that's like the big one. I'm not certain I'm ever going to leave my basement. I've just been down here for three months and I've grown to like it. I'm accustomed to it now. I'm going to give you a call at some point and say, man, it's a whole new world up there. (laughs) Come on back up. That will be Nikolai's job is to tell Ed when it's safe. Yeah, okay. (laughs) That might be a while. You know, until it is, everybody should just, you know, stick to the internet, look at some pictures, go see Nikolai's guitars, and come see us, right, Ed? Oh, yeah. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. John's all over Pinterest. All over Pinterest. (laughs) Pinning that shit. (laughs) His audience is my mom. (laughs) You know? This took a really weird turn. Yep, maybe patreon.com slash the high gain. Yeah, we're everywhere. The high gain pod at gmail.com if you want to send us hate mail. Yes. We love it. All right, I think we did it. I think we did it. We did it.